Oh my. Welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Welcome back, Let's Go Racing family. Uh, This week, we had actually taken a bit of an Easter break, just like NASCAR. So, coming back, we're actually going to be reviewing the Bristol Dirt Race, the first dirt race in the Cup Series after 50 years. Wow. We're also going to be doing our Six Degrees of NASCAR and Racing Through Life segments relating with the brand new Snyder Cut. So, why don't we go ahead and start with the Bristol Dirt Race. It was a really fun race. Let's just start right there. That was a very exciting race. I was super excited about the race, and I have to say the disappointing thing is that it was postponed to Monday because it was torrential downpour in Tennessee on Sunday. Like, I had seen that it was going to rain, but when they were showing clips of what it looked like, it was just, it was muddy. There was flood warnings. So I was so excited that Sunday. I was prepared and ready to watch this race. And unfortunately, it was um, postponed to Monday. So we uh, did record it because it kind of started while we were still, some of us were working and finishing school. But we were Which able. Which was tough because what happens whenever we have to record something and watch it? We like got to go on social media shutdown. Yes. Sebastian is always stressed because he doesn't want to get spoilers or anything, right? How stressful yeah. this race was is that like I wanted to go on my phone so badly and just check out the winner. Fortunately for us, it was just one. It was just a few hours. Um, but in any event, yeah, to your point, Karen, we were all ready to go, cranked up on Sunday, and then the race got pushed. So finally we get a chance to watch this race and you know what? It didn't disappoint from an entertainment value. It was really fun to watch. We had no idea what we were going to see. And honestly, I think that was part of the fun. The drivers had no idea. The teams had no idea. Even the announcers like, yes, there are dirt races, but not at the cup series level with this type of equipment. And they had a new tire, which was also kind of, so Johan, do you remember about the tire? What was special about that tire? We didn't use those um, flat tires that we usually use on like regular tracks and like the Daytona 500, the Coke 600. We use these special dirt tires, similar like rain tires, but not. And what, and, and for our, for our for our listeners, basically what you're describing is that a rain tire has what 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 a rain what a regular street car tires have. They grooves in them to grooves, like, let the water go. Yeah, exactly. It's for the water. But for the dirt race, it wasn't like these channels or grooves necessarily. It was more what, Johan? It was more. It was like it was a grid. Yeah, it was a grid of squares. And the idea then was that the dirt would come out the tire so that the car would get some kind of grip. It couldn't be slicks because then the car would just slide all over. Uh, What was amazing for me about the tire actually was quite surprising. I don't know about you guys. They actually had tire wear. Wear. The wear was like really bad. Like the tread, that 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 square grid tread that we're talking about, 
it was completely gone. It would wear on off tires. on certain tires. Yeah. And that was a surprise to me. I honestly didn't think I'm like, it's dirt, right? How it's like we know on the regular slicks. And the regular tracks, those tracks sometimes will eat up these tires and they'll literally melt to the track and the rubber will peel off the tires. I Again, it was dirt, but it still did that anyway. So in any event, uh, it was it was still it was a lot of fun um, and it, it just all kinds of quirky things that we're not normally used to. What was what were some of those things, Johan? Do you remember? Like the pits, what was different about pitting during cautions? So uh, about caution and pitting, because it was dirt, they um they actually put it on red flag. The you know, drivers who stayed out would just stay on the track and wait, and wait, and wait. Well, the other guys would just take their time. And they would have like three minutes to do their pit stops, repairs, and everything to to get back on the track. And yeah, so, they so you went racing. in. So when you went in for the for the pit stops, normally in a regular track, you go in. And you try to, you know, race your way off of pit row and gain spots. But in this particular one, you went in and you came out in that position and you had pretty much time to do, you know, what you had to do. So there was no races off pit row. And um, there were no like green flag pit stops where like all the cars came in. Now, if your car needed a pit stop in the middle of the track of the race, then yes, you went in. But to see multiple cars going in at the same time, during green flags, that was not part of the race. I thought the other fun thing was that in between, you know, these cautions, they would run other cars on the track backwards, right? They would run them the other way to kind of pack the dirt down. And which was, again, another little quirk um, to to dirt racing. If it rained a little bit, it was OK. But the problem, like you were saying, Karen, before with the rain on Sunday, it was torrential. It was like flooded like there were. They showed sections of the track around where people it was like little lakes had formed. So, you know, with the dirt, it would literally just be mud and they didn't have windshield wipers, which is another peculiar thing. I you thought they would have it, but no, they just had, you know, peel offs that they would peel off the windshield to clean it. And then, of course, my favorite thing leading up to the race was seeing some of the practice photos. Remember, we talked about it. I showed you guys I'm like what movie does this remind you of? cars yeah why because what was how were the guys driving they were driving on dirt by turning right to go left just like doc hudson taught lightning mcqueen in those movies and they were basically drifting into the turns uh and so that was also funny you saw a little bit of that during the race i will say the thing about bristol is that there were 40 close to 40 cars 39 or 40 cars on the track to start And again, it's half a mile. So even when they string out nose to tail, they could very quickly, you know, take up the entire track. So there wasn't as much room for a lot of drifting, but it did happen. I thought that was kind of cool. So anybody want to take us through the race? The um, Food City Dirt Race was a really fun race. Um, And Daniel Squad has had a very strong run, led a couple or led a lot of laps then, um, so stage one went to Martin Trix Jr. Kyle Bush actually led in like the first couple laps, and then some, and then like his grill just got too dirty, so they he had to come in and they had to rip it off. And that happened during one of those green flag uh pits where Karen was saying they didn't really want that to happen because it would have been really bad. Sebastian, what what uh, what other interesting things did you find uh during the race and throughout? So there were a bunch of like cautions and wrecks, cars turning and 
getting into problems. And one thing that I thought was very interesting is that halfway through the race, they switched how you restarted because it's usually um, two by twos. They switched it to single file. Which did they ever is, explain why? Because I actually did. I saw that. I noticed it, but I didn't catch why they all. I, I think it was. It. Wasn't it because of the amount of cautions that were happening because they were two by two? Yeah. And they wanted to be able to run without being like every two to five laps. Caution, caution, caution. And so NASCAR was made that decision. We would yeah. have ended up with okay. 50, ca- 50 cautions. Within the yeah, because there were quite a few right up the bat. Yeah. Like I remember in the span of like 10 laps, there were three different cautions. That's how like wrecking it it got. So I think race-wise, there was somebody in the entire field that was going to probably stand out the most out of all the drivers. And that was Martin Truex Jr. Because previously, right before the cup race, there was a trucks race, which actually had Martin Truex Jr. in it. And he did really well and ended up winning that race. So personally, I got kind of scared especially since he won stage one. I I honestly thought he was going to end up winning this race, and I got nervous. Like, he was just going to come here and sweep the whole thing away from everyone else. But that is not how it went. Yeah, he was so surprised. I mean, the announcers were saying because he won the the trucks race, and he's not really known to be a dirt racer. So that was a surprise for him to be up there. But then the other, I think, surprise was the fact that there were dirt racers, you know, uh, guys with experience on the dirt like Kyle Larson and uh, Christopher Bell. And these guys didn't really, um, they didn't do well. They ended up like getting in wrecks and just had a bad day. So it was kind of disappointing to see that these, you know, dirt guys who were supposed to do really well didn't end up doing um, all that good. But it was also surprising to see that people, that some of the drivers that, were not known to be dirt racers. Like Martin Truex like Jr. Martin Truex Jr. And Danny Suarez. Daniel Suarez. Like, they were up there. Like, honestly, I would have never picked or, or guessed that Daniel Suarez would have had such a great run because yeah. he said it himself. He had never been on dirt until I think it was, like, last week when he was able to get on there to... to to practice and you know he got to do the 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 trucks he was in the trucks race he didn't do that great and he wasn't he he finished i think 17th or something like that it's not like he was running top five no no i mean not that i know no and like to see him be so strong in this race okay let me tell you daniel suarez had my heart jumping out of my chest the entire race i was like in the I was on the edge of this of my seat because he was up there. He was doing so well. I think he finished fourth in the in, in stage one, right? Yeah. Like he started like in thirteenth or something like that, and he just he started moving up and moving up, and we were like, oh my goodness! Like Daniel Suarez is moving up and he's doing really good, and he's staying up there because it's one thing to move up, you know. He's yeah. done it where he's moved up to the front, and then you know he gets pushed back. But from the time that he moved up to the front, he stayed there, he stayed there the oh, entire yeah. race. Like, I was so excited, and it was just so great to see him up there. And he was doing so well. Like, you can see him. Speaking of the Lightning McQueen thing, you could see when when they would go into those turns, as they were turning, as they were going into a left turn, you could see that they were turning their steering wheel to the right. Yeah, to get and you that can see him, and he had yeah, he had a lot of control on his car. He did fantastic. You know, he ended up finishing um, the race in fourth, 
And to be honest, I was so sad and disappointed because I really, really thought that he was going to win this race. So I'm very happy that he finished fourth. I really wish he could have won, but I am so excited and I'm so proud of him. And I think him being up there made the race so much funner for me to watch. Yeah, Daniel Suarez did really good. He led the third most amount of laps, 58, and he was in the top 10 for all three stages. He finished fourth in stage one, second in stage two, and ended up finishing fourth at the end of the race. Yeah, it was just consistently good. And that is a telltale sign that it wasn't just because of circumstance that he pitted and at the right time, he had a strong car. He was a strong driver. And he drove his way to the front. And so it, very impressed, very impressed. And I hope that this is the start of something really strong for that team. And I know they were super excited about it. And, and again, this is coming off of the last few weeks. If you remember, there have, this is not the first uh, race that he's led this year. He's led other races. He's run up front. But I think it was two or three races in a row, it felt like. He had something go down, you know, penalties, penalties and, and things like that. And it just took him out of the running order. Otherwise, he would have had already a, probably another top five and another top 10 that he was running the entire race. And then because of the late problems, he got pushed back. So to have this kind of a run going into the first break of the NASCAR season, the Easter break, uh, is is was awesome for the 99 team. Actually, something else that happened while Daniel Suarez was leading the race, uh, Kyle Larson, who was actually expected to do pretty well since he has third experience, but had wrecked earlier on. Early, he ended up starting to get lapped by Suarez, and whilst getting lapped, Suarez had to bump him out of the way to get around because he wouldn't move. He wouldn't, he move. wouldn't move. Yeah. He- so Larson, and that's Bristol racing. If you know anything about Bristol, you put the bumper bump. to him. Bump you got and a run. bump, man. Well, anyway, Larson ended up not liking this and ended up trying to bump Suarez back. And and in the process. Yeah, he ended up taking off his entire front he fender took of the off car. His own Larson bumper. took out his, his own, own fender by hitting Suarez. Trying to retaliate. It literally just to popped off. It was the funniest thing. I've never seen this happen before. Yeah. yeah, and then after that, Larson had no bumper, no fender, no hood. Yeah, it was they actually just ripped it <laughs> all off. They just ripped it all off, point. and he just finished the race like that. L- previous week, he was like, I hate Joey Logano. This week, he was probably like, I hate Daniel Suarez. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you know that um, since this, this year has been um, has had seven different drivers in the first seven races since 2014? Daytona was Michael McDowell in 2021. 2014 was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Phoenix was Kevin Harvick in 2014. Then Christopher Bell, the Daytona Road Course. My Miami was William Byron. Las Vegas was Brad Keselowski. Carl Edwards was Bristol. Then Las Vegas was Kyle Larson. Auto Club was Kyle Busch. Phoenix was Martin Jokes Jr. Kurt Busch um, was Martinsville, and Atlanta was Ryan Blaney. And then something cool about this is that the last, and then Joey Logano and Joey Logano, 2021 and 2014, both won the last seven, or both won the last race of those seven races. And something funny, they were both on Mondays. Wow. I don't know where you got that factoid. But that was very interesting. So basically what you're saying is that Joey won a race in 2014 
on a Monday that was race number seven, and he won race number seven in 2021 that was also on a Monday. All right, so I think NASCAR should probably start scheduling races on Monday at four just to give, you know, Joey a bit of luck. I don't know about that. So the dirt, let's talk about the dirt, because if you were watching this and I have to say, if you're if you didn't get to watch the race, try go on YouTube and try to somehow find this race or at least clips of it so that you could see it, because it is re- it was a really, really cool race, really cool. experience. very different. Than my, what you would I, my favorite race so far in the last you know few years, but the dirt. So when you were seeing the cameras. You just saw this like smoke of like dirt, right? But when it got when the cameras got closer to the to the cars, it didn't seem so dusty. But there was a point where there was a wreck because the the dust, the dirt, and the the sun, the glare of the sun got so bad that the cars couldn't see anything. We saw yeah. we saw the in shot camera, uh, the in camera uh, view of Ryan Blaney, and literally it just turns like this yellowish color you can't even see to the point where um, Jeff Gordon even said he can't see anything. I don't probably even think, didn't even know he was yeah, wrecking. He didn't even know he was wrecking. And then you hear, you know, Kyle Busch saying, I can't see anything. So it's just crazy to see that these guys were driving under like these conditions with like this dust just, you know, swirling up. And then and then I also think about like, what about like the spectators? Like, were they able to have a clear view of it? Because well, I mean, it I think if you were pretty so... close, probably not. And actually, I Bristol uh, Motor Speedway and NASCAR told any of the fans, you know, leading up to the race to make sure to wear goggles, goggles for protection for, for their eyes, for eye protection, and to help them, you know, be able to watch the race. But it was dusty and dirty. It, it's funny because they say it's like a balance. You know, you don't want it too wet because then it's muddy, but you don't want it too dry because then it creates these dust shells. Uh, so because of that, Johan, what are we going to call our podcast this week? Well, it's going to be called, Am I Leading? Because I Can't See. Yeah. And and tribute to Ryan Blaney getting in a wreck. And and again, like Karen said, if you watch that in-car camera angle, I don't even know. Like he, he probably at one point was like, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing here because you and just ended up hitting the car in front of him and got wrecked. And there was nothing he could have done. There was absolutely nothing he could have done. And what was fascinating was leading up to the race. Didn't we watch a couple of like mini documentaries about the building of the track and prepping it? Yes. There, so there's a documentary on YouTube that you should definitely check out. It basically shows the process. It started in January, January 7th. They started bringing in this dirt. But it's not just dirt because I know last week we talked about like, well, is it banked the same way, you know, because it's a really steep bank. So what we found out, what we learned was that they put a layer, they put layers of sawdust because the sawdust compacts and basically creates a hard a sur- a hard surface for the dirt to go on top. And it's also abrasive, which keeps the dirt on right. the track. So the dirt's not slipping or, or you know, sliding and, and stuff like that. And... Most importantly, it protects the concrete track below it because they don't have to re-pour uh, concrete or damage the track itself. So, yeah, it, it played uh, several different roles. But I thought that was kind of fascinating. Yeah. So when they did that, basically, and then they put in the dirt, the dirt, it kind of they they somewhat leveled out the banking. So it was still banked, but not to the degree that it normally is. And uh, what was this? What was 
special about the the dirt that was brought in? Well, there was dirt that they had from like a 2004, 2005 race that they did. They did a test race. Uh, it wasn't uh, NASCAR Cup Series, but it was like a modified series. And so they stored that dirt on the on the campus, but they needed more. And so then they went and got dirt from other places around Tennessee, brought it in just so they could have enough. And so being that they're going to actually do another one next year, I would imagine they're going to take all that dirt and just pile it. Yeah. And they have to get property. it out because there is a night race later this year that is not a dirt race and they're going to have to bring it in. So, uh, yeah, just quite super, super fascinating and just really cool. And again, another example of NASCAR trying to, you know, innovate and try new and different things to bring new interest to the sport. And honestly, I told a bunch of people and I feel bad now because I said, if you haven't watched NASCAR before, this race is actually going to be a spectacle. So you may want to tune in. And then, of course, that was Sunday. And uh, and of course, it didn't happen until Monday. But hopefully next year's dirt race will happen as scheduled. So uh, before we end this segment, I want to quickly run through our top five. Who was that? And then we'll talk about our family race picks. Our top five finishers were Ryan Newman coming in with a surprising fifth place. He actually did pretty well. Fourth was Daniel Suarez, who was absolutely dominant and did amazing during the entire race. Super proud of that team. Yes. Third place was Denny Hamlin. He was running up there. Second place was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Quite literally, where did he come from? Was he in the back like the entire race? And the winner of the race, this guy named Joey Logano. I mean, I don't know if I've heard him before. His car, I think, is like yellow and red. I, I wonder who he is. He seems all right, like all right, guy. all right. Your man got his win, and he did really well. So it's congratulations. So sweet, dude. Although you didn't have enough faith in him to pick him, so I don't know what that's I couldn't about. pick him. I had picked him the previous week, so oh, okay, I wasn't allowed okay. to. Well, all right. Well, let's talk about race picks. Karen, why don't you go first? Because you probably want to talk about your week. Yes. So finally, I'm getting points. I picked the number 22 of Joy Logano and he finished in first. So I got the points of the week. Like quite literally, she got the points of the week because nobody else got any points. Nope. I mean, it's I mean, we can just go quickly go through it. I, I picked Kyle Larson, thought he was going to do really well because he has the dirt track experience. He's been doing really well everywhere else. Of course, we talked about him already. Got caught up in a wreck. Lost defender Danny Suarez ended up finishing the race without a fender, without a hood, and finished in 29th. Sebastian, what happened to your man? I picked Kyle Busch. I mean, he was up there for like the first five laps, and then he fell back, tried to climb his way back up, and then got into a bunch of incidents. And he ended up finishing 17th, so no points for me. Gio, how about you? Bubba Wallace, 27th. It was an unfortunate incident. He ended up getting penalized, uh, I believe, upon exiting pit road. No, it was actually like I remember we were watching it and like. Well, he got tired. penalized, no. and he would have probably gotten a top ten. So it's pretty sad. Actually, what happened was that he was driving and then his tire got loose and he spun out and he had to go to pit. Oh. Well, my pick, Christopher Bell, um, he's super good at dirt. I thought he was going to get the win, but and he ended up spinning out and um, causing a wreck, including um, Dad's pick. And, um, yeah, I was disappointed. He finished, he finished um, 
He finished 34th and was out of the race. It was disappointing. But there's always next time. And and wasn't Christopher Bell the one he they were talking about him and uh, he was up there. He was leading. He got a little too aggressive yep. and he ended up taking himself out. So in any event, not a stellar week for any of us except for Karen who picked Joey Logano. So where does that put us in the standings? Um, because let's remember, mom went the first, I think, three or four races this year with zero points and was in dead last place. But our defending champion did what, or has done what defending champions typically do. They rise the occasion. So what a Karen is now tied with me with seven points. Uh, Johan is in third with five, and Seabass and Geo are tied with three. So uh, when we get to our race picks for next week, uh, it'll be Mom, then me, then Johan, Seabass, and Geo making our picks. And speaking of next week, where are we going? We are going under the lights at Martinsville for the Blue Emu Max Pain Relief 500. Saturday night and, as I said, under the lights. And that, and if you remember last year, wasn't it at Martinsville, they had an empty track, no fans, uh, but they had the really cool lighting package that they did. So that'll be kind of cool. Exciting to get back to some short track racing at Martinsville. <laughs> It's the Let's Go Racing Family Race Picks of the Week. All right, let's get down to business. Mom, you're going first. Who are you picking to win this weekend at Martinsville? All right, because I want to keep my lead, as much as it pains me to select this person, I'm hoping that he's going to win a third time in a row. So I'm going with the number 19 of... Martin Truex Jr. I was going to say, wow, Martin Truex Jr. That one, that must have hurt. That hurts. We know you're not the biggest fan of Martin Truex, even though he's one of the best drivers out she there. She might need some blue emo to relieve her pain. All right. <laughs> That's actually really good. All right. So I get to go next, which I'm glad. Uh, so one interesting fact about my pick, Denny Hamlin. He has come in third place in like the last three races in a row. And the race before that, he was like in fourth place. For someone that hasn't won a race this year, the man is due. He's been running up front, and I think he's going to do it this week at Martinsville and get one of those ugly clocks to put in his house. Johan. Well, we can see that he's good at small tracks. He did, um, he was the driver to win a dirt race over 50 years. I'm going to go with the man who bumped Truex out of the way, Mom. He bumped him out of the way to win that championship in 2018. Joey Logano. Joey Logano. Johan sweeps in there and steals his brother's pick. All right. Seabass. Right. Uh, Thank you. You're next. Who are you picking to win at Martinsville? After doing really well last week, I think he's going to continue his short track greatness. I'm picking Daniel Suarez in the number 99. Wow. That would nice. be huge. That would be amazing. I think he's actually going to pull something out. But that leaves me with the last pick. And you guys actually gave me a really good one. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott. All right. So those are our race picks for this week at Martinsville Saturday Night Race.
And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. All right. With the theme of the Justice League, we talked about the fact that the Snyder Cut came out within the last couple of weeks. We thought, let's connect NASCAR to DC superheroes. NASCAR's connection goes back 26 years because 26 years ago, Bill Elliott ran the Batman Forever paint scheme in 1995, three different times. Then in 2005, Mark Martin ran the Batman Begins paint scheme during the Batman Begins 400. And that was the first time that a motion picture actually sponsored a race. It was literally Batman the weekend because Batman himself was the Grand Marshal and the Batmobile from the movie, the Tumblr, was actually the honorary pace car. So it was kind of crazy to see that car on the track with the, the stock cars. Then in 2012, Dale Jr., drove the Dark Knight Rises paint scheme for the June 2012 Michigan Summer Race. The next year, Dale Jr. ran the Snyder Man of Steel car at the Michigan race in 2013. Then in 2016, Dale Jr. was back supporting Batman and promoting the Batman vs. Superman movie. However, it was who... Johan that won the 2016 Auto California race. race. Who was it? Jimmy Johnson in that nice Superman paint scheme. In the Superman paint scheme. 2017, Danica Patrick drove the Wonder Woman paint scheme in two different races at Kansas and Charlotte in her swan song season. And in that same year, Dale Jr. and Casey Kane drove the Justice League 2017 cut paint schemes at Texas Motor Speedway. And then finally, in 2019, Eric Amarola drove the, what movie was it, Sebastian? Shazam. Shazam paint scheme for the number 10 Stuart Haas Ford. NASCAR has had a really strong connection to DC in sponsorships, brand marshals, a pace car. There is a really strong connection, and I'm sure there will be more in the future as they continue to make more DC this six degrees was all about the Snyder cut, right? In justice league. Well, coming up now, we're going to do an interview with a Superman super fan, Danny Oreto, who is actually a family member of ours. And he's going to talk about what he thought about the Snyder cut that just came out. And so this is your warning, spoiler warning, because we will talk about the Snyder cut in the next segment during our racing through life segment. So now we're going to move into our last segment of the show, Racing Through Life. And for our family, we've talked about our our love of superhero, the superhero movie genre in general. And uh, if unless you are living under a rock somewhere, you can't really go anywhere without hearing about Justice League, uh, specifically the Snyder Cut of Justice League. It's one of the biggest things that is happening right now in pop culture. It just released on HBO Max to um, a lot of fanfare, good and bad, a lot of discussion. And so today, as we just connected NASCAR and to DC Comics and, and superheroes, we're now going to have in our Racing Through Life segment, 
a uh, what I called a subject matter expert on Superman. And the reason I say that is he is uh, he's he's a superhero fan. Uh, and uh, when I think of superheroes and I think of um, Superman specifically, um, I think of this of this man right here. So, Danny, I want to introduce you to our audience and uh, wanted to give you a second to say hello and, and tell our audience a little bit about well, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you very much. I'm honored. I'm flattered for the opportunity. You set the bar high, well, subject <laughs> matter expert. I'll give you a little bit of insight as far as, uh, you know, Superman is very uh, dear to me. He was pretty much the first superhero I was introduced to as a, as a young kid. When I was about seven or eight years old, Superman 2 was actually a Christopher Reeve movie that was released uh, during that time. That was a big movie for me back in the day. And it was, um, you know, my parents back in the day had HBO, um, and that used to be in a movie that would come on, you know, in the afternoon or evening. And uh, I was exposed to that movie as a young kid, and, and I fell in love instantly. Um, and... You know, Christopher Reeve, to me, um, is still uh, my favorite Superman. Um, We've had several characters run through. uh, And I know that Superman has a history from back in the day uh, when he first came out, um, you know, the TV shows and all that stuff. But but for me, um, Christopher Reeve was near and dear to my heart. He's the ultimate Superman for me. So, yeah, Superman 2 was was the movie I fell in love with. Um, I saw Superman, um, the movie. Uh, a few years later, and I thought that one was actually kind of, you know, corny as when I was a kid, because, you know, for me, the second one, when they're fighting in the city and, um, you know, when they're introduced to um, General Zod and uh, Gene Hackman was really just kind of just in the background, you know, um, as far as Lex Luthor goes. But um, uh, when I saw Superman the movie, um, you know, as an as old as as an adult, um, I fell in love with that movie, also. Um, again, so DC for me has been a little bit more um, enjoyable for me. I love the Marvel movies. I love what they've done. They've kicked butt. Um, you know, creating all the all the movies that they have and tying everything uh, together in the end. Um, uh, but DC for me, like as far as Batman goes and and the Flash and all those guys. Um, for me, uh, I've always liked them a little bit better. But, um, you know, you guys, if you guys have any questions as far as the new movie goes, there's been some ups and downs in the Superman genre. Uh, there's been some highs and lows. Um, I've been devastated and then I've been excited. So uh, hopefully this conversation is exciting. All right. Well, uh, great to know a bit about you and like your hero, uh, background as superheroes. But what do you think about the superhero movie genre in general? I think it's great. Um, As far as, you know, you know, being a kid and growing up, um, there really wasn't a lot of uh, uh, there were superhero movies. Like I said, Superman was like really that that was like the main movie back in the day. And then Marvel was kind of like the opposite of what it is now. You know, the the Spider-Man, I remember watching an old Spider-Man flick that was filmed, I think, in like 78 or something. And we bought it on VHS. That's how old I am. Um, and it was really corny, really silly, just, you know, over the top. Um, and you compared it to like Superman, you're like, this is a joke, you know? Um, but I think the genre nowadays, I think it's, it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think we've come such a long way from back in the day to where we are now, um, as far as getting the audiences involved, um, with the movie and the writing. I mean, the writing has been 
has been great. You know, that's what makes these movies the way they are. Um, but uh, I think it's it's been it's been awesome. I mean, from Deadpool to the X Men series to you know to the Avengers to now um, you know the Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman and even the Chris Nolan uh, Batman movies were fantastic. I mean, uh, especially you know um, Dark Knight. I mean, that's one of the most epic movies ever filmed. You know, so I think it's it's great. I think it's been it's been great for the movies, um, for the cinematic universe. It's been awesome. Uh, the pandemic just kind of gave it a little bit of a blow, but you know, I think this no this new streaming from home now is going to be a whole new um, experience. Now, I think uh, they're going to go with it, and I think it's going to be with us moving forward. Danny, did you see uh, Justice League 2017 and the Snyder Cut version? And what did you think? Unfortunately, I did see um, <laughs> the Justice League 2017. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I kind of knew it was kind of be it was going to be like a pretty much like a crapshoot, you know, because, you know, during production, you know, Zack Snyder, obviously the sad story of his daughter, you know, he pretty much gave his movie to Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers, once again, you know, like they've done in the past, um, they they want to make it too kid friendly. You know, they wanted to make profits off of it. And I mean, from everything from Steppenwolf to, you know, the the comedy in it. I mean, I think they tried too hard to appease um, the comedic aspect of it when it's not. That's not what that movie is about. That movie is is should be a little bit of a darker movie. And and. You know, when I was younger, um, I collected the Superman comic books, especially the death of Superman comic books. And um, there were a lot of things in that movie that that just didn't happen, that should have happened, that were in the comic books. And, and I know we'll touch base with the Zack Snyder cut. Um, but uh, the 2017 version for me was just it was just a, it was a mess. I mean, honestly, it was a completely different movie. Uh, anything, everything from the lighting to the editing. Uh, to the comedy, um, and then obviously Mustache Gate. You know everybody knows about that. <laughs> yeah. And then Snyder's cut, obviously, is just a even from the uh, the screen ratio. You know, I mean the way the the screen. Yeah, that was a surprise screen, for me, to be honest. Yeah, I did not yeah, expect and, that. And, but it was and, good, and, a lot and of I people, hear understand why. Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, it was, it was supposed to be released for IMAX, obviously. Um, a lot of people were upset that it wasn't, you know, to the screen, but I don't, who cares, you know, like just leave it the way it is. Um, but the snacks, not the, the Zack Snyder cut. I mean, um, it's completely different cut. I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit darker. Um, the, 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 the lighting is darker. There's less comedy. I yeah. mean, even the flashes intro is epic. I mean, yeah. completely epic. Oh, I think I all mean, the intros of all of the characters were pretty yes. epic. Like the whole like and, and also like the the slow motions of the storylines to kind of, you know, suck you into that that moment Correct. of different stories was like I think so just visually, you know, impactful. Exactly. And what and what a way, I'm sorry. What a way to to to, to flesh out Cyborg. Oh yeah. Yes. So in the, in the original version um I mean, you're introduced to Cyborg in this like corny little video of him like getting electrocuted. Oh, you know, like, and next thing you know, he's like, "All right, I'll fight for you." You know, it, it was just it was so <laughs> yeah. badly done, and um, 
you know, with the way they flesh him out in his backstory with the football and his dad not being a dad, being more of a scientist and his mom. And, and you get to really feel why he is the way he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and the same thing with the flash, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you on the Snyder cut. Um, when they introduce the, the flash, um, I like, uh, I forget the actor's name, but, um, He's a little too much for me when he's in that pet store. Ezra Miller. I'm like, oh, I hope this. Yeah, I, I'm like, I hope this is not like this the entire movie, which is kind of how they made him in the original cut. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was like that awkward. Yeah, you're funny, but it's a little too like obnoxious. But <laughs> uh, yes, and then and then, but when that whole scene happens, when everything slows down, and even the music, I, I watched that scene twice because it was like it gave me goosebumps. You mm-hmm. know, the music and. And what he did in that scene. And it's just like, you actually care about, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the flash, same thing with Aquaman. I mean, when, when, when Batman goes down to find him, um, the, the, the speaking in the, in that tavern, um, you know, the, the passive aggressiveness and then, you know, they making that, I'll pay you this amount of money. And then, you know, uh, Arthur gets upset and stuff like that. Where in the, in the original version, Batman looks over to this wall and he sees like this this cartoon drawing that Lily probably draws better than <laughs> showing up. I don't know if you guys remember that, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like this corny drawing. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought it was two different movies, even though it's really the same movie, but just the it's four hours of really of Zach uh, uh, Snyder's uh, footage that we didn't get, you know? So, so Danny. Um, and I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. So, um, what was your favorite part of Zack Snyder's Justice League? Ooh, man, that's a good question. Obviously, um, when Superman comes back, I, I hate to compare, but you keep going back to the, the original cut. And even that scene, Superman doesn't say a single word in the Zack Snyder cut, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more better. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. It makes that scene so much more epic. They, he get he, he comes back and kicks everybody's butt and then Lois Lane is the only thing that can calm him down and he grabs her and leaves, which is like, as if I was one of the the, the, the Justice League people, I'd be like, man, he didn't even speak. Yeah, you know. So that itself speaks volumes. But uh, I think, I think that was my favorite scene, man. When when Superman comes back and you know, um, at the end when he's when he's donning that black suit that you're just thirsty for that you didn't get in the original cut that you get in the comic books, you know, that was yeah. the big thing. Like when Superman comes back, he's in that black Superman costume, you know, which is awesome. Uh, you know, it eventually goes back to the, to the uh, regular costume, but this is like his, you know, what am I going to do phase? Am I going to leave earth or am I going to stay and protect these people? You know? So Danny, what did you think of the villains in Zack Snyder's justice league? I thought uh, that the, the, the Snyder cut was obviously much better. Um, you actually see Darkseid. You know, you don't just hear about him. Um, I like how, um, you know, in the beginning of the movie when, when Wonder Woman is talking about Darkseid, she's actually, when she's talking about Steppenwolf, but, um, you know, Darkseid actually comes to Earth. You actually see him in the movie. And he's, you know, he fights with the lanterns and, and, um, you know, the Zeus. I mean, really? Like, I mean, so 
uh, I thought that their characters were were better fleshed out. I thought that the Steppenwolf and the original Whedon cut um, was a little bit weak. Um, you know, just more humanoid than than alien, and he should be more alien. And even Steppenwolf in in the uh, in the Snyder cut is much better, more menacing, uh, darker. The voice, uh, you know, he looks like somebody you don't want to mess with, you know. But I thought that the, the the villains were were better fleshed out. I thought their character were their characters were better. Their storylines were a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I think they did a really good job. Thought that the characters were were really uh, the the villains were were much, even though they're the same villains. I thought they were better portrayed in this cut. Well, Danny, it sounds like you know from everything we've talked through, the heroes were better fleshed out. The villains were fleshed out. Even the epic moments were just much more powerful and palpable, palpable in, in the mm-hmm. Snyder cut. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think your all arrows are pointing that you, you, you thought this was a much, much better movie, but let, help, help us understand in your, in your mind. First of all, think of your favorite superhero movie. And if you were to give it one to five stars, what movie and how many stars, and then how many stars would you give this Snyder cut? So we can compare like if you think the ultimate superhero movie is a five star movie, what one, which movie is that? And then what would you rank Snyder and what would you give the Snyder cut? So that's a good question. Um, obviously, you know, again, we're talking about Superman. So Superman two for me is my favorite, um, Superman movie of all time or superhero. Is that movie. a five star? That is a five star. Uh, Superman 2 is a five-star movie, in my eyes. As far as comparing it to the, the Zack Snyder version of uh, this movie we just yeah. reviewed, um, I would give this movie... Ooh, I would say I would give it a solid a solid four. All right. Wow. Okay. But only because there was so much going on, and it was... It was you know, it, I love the four-hour aspect of it, but there were times where it did drag, a little bit, but uh, I would have to give it about a four. Well, yeah, about a solid four. It's a great movie. Trust me. I love it. Wow. Well, no, you know what? I mean, that's that's that was why we wanted to talk to you. We wanted to bring on someone that knew what he was talking about when it came to superhero movies. Uh, obviously, um, you know, a very strong recommendation from you. And so, you know, we appreciate that. I think we all agree. Danny, I, I just want to say on behalf of the Let's Go Racing family, uh, thank you for joining us and sharing your thoughts on uh, really a a surprise hit um, of a movie that you thought, well, what am I going to watch? I'm going to watch a movie they made yeah. like three, four years ago. <laughs> and the way they did it, it's a completely different experience. And I honestly did not expect it to be so different. And it was so enjoyable. Yeah. So, and, uh, I, and I really hope that they, 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 they do bring um, – some fans over to the DC side because I love Marvel, but I love DC. DC is very near and dear to my heart. So, well, yeah, we're, we might be a Marvel family. We love the Marvel characters, but we're at the end of the day, we love a great superhero movie. And so we're all hoping that this is the beginning of another chapter of Snyder, uh, led, uh, creative, um, doesn't need to direct it, but hopefully his vision carries on in some of these other movies. So, we look forward to seeing that play out over the next couple of years. Well, again, Danny, thank you so much. Thank you, Danny, for joining us. Thank you.
no thank you guys thanks for having me again i'm honored um i'm, I'm flattered thanks guys so with that giovanni why don't you take us out that's gonna wrap up this week's episode thank you so much for listening on in please consider liking subscribing and following all of our socials anyway let's go racing family out <laughs>